Welcome! You are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney-turned-alchemist and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. This show was created for courageous souls willing to step out of their comfort zone and design a new way of life. You'll gain inspired midlife wisdom from those who have done it as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen, and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Welcome to Magnetic Monday with Dawn, where we attract what we want and we repel what we don't. And today I am super excited to have a very special guest with us. And um, I just finished reading his book. We have uh, Dr. Riley Moynes with us, author of the best-selling book, The Four Phases of Retirement, What to Expect When You're Retiring. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Moynes, for being with us today. I know everyone's really excited to hear more about your work. Thank you, Don. Well, it's a pleasure to join you today. Yes, so I uh, I usually like to start these interviews sort of with a little bit of backstory and, and kind of how this came to be. And um, I know you've worked as in lots of different roles, administrator, advisor, author, consultant, educator, entrepreneur, mentor, public. you sound like me actually, all these different roles, right? Um, and then you talk about how you waltzed through this phase one of retirement and then struggled in phase two and tried things in phase three. And, and now you, you kind of found your stride in, in phase four. But I'm curious to know kind of the journey that you went through, um, the struggles you had yourself, and then a little bit about the research that went into this, this work. Sure. Well, I guess I'd start, Don, by saying that I wish I knew then what I know now about this whole process. Uh, like so many others, I uh, believed that retirement was all about um, playing more golf, uh, sitting on more beaches, uh, traveling more, buying a place in a warmer climate, perhaps, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's what um, what I certainly expected, and I think it's what the vast majority of people expect. And uh, it lasted for uh, a very <laughs> a very short period of time, a, a year or so. And then uh, what I thought was um, a release from the routine that had guided my life for 40 years uh, was, was missing. I, and I... I need a routine. I think we all do. I think it's genetically wired into us that we need some sort of routine. So I found myself kind of floundering, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, I've done a fair amount of research and, and writing in the past on various topics. And so that was kind of my go-to. You, you go to the research. What does the, What does the research say about it? And what the research said about retirement was almost always and almost exclusively focused on the investment aspects of it, the insurance aspects, the estate components of it, all you know, really critically important stuff for sure, just not what I was looking for. So my fallback position, which was really the only position I, I thought that I had was to, well, I'm, I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to ask them questions and I'm going to try to figure out 
what this is all about and whether people had been experiencing what I had been experiencing. And after dozens and dozens of, of interviews, there was a kind of a pattern or a framework that, that began to evolve. Uh, I find personally that I, I learn better if I can fit things into a, or I can understand things better and learn things better if I can fit things into some sort of a framework. And so that's really what uh, what the four phases has has provided. And um, after developing this theory, I interviewed more and more people and, and found that, in fact, it did resonate with them as well, that, that it just seemed to fit so many situations. And um, so off we went and, and uh, decided to put it all in writing. And that's where the little book came from. <laughs> Well, that's fabulous. It sounds like very much like the the journey we were talking about with my podcast and really kind of digging in and, yeah. and talking to people that have been through it and go, yeah. okay, you know, what, yeah. what's happening? So, yeah, I think that's uh, one of the best uh, ways we can uh, learn um, about things. Like that. But I found that as well. Uh, most of the information on retirement is on the financial side and mm. really lacking on uh, more emotional yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, tell me, what are the successful ingredients of retirement? Well, I think that the successful ingredients of, 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 a, of a good retirement have to include an assumption, which I always make in my workshops, that uh, good health has to be uh, a given. Uh, and so does a fairly stable financial situation. Without those two, I understand completely that retirement can look entirely different and not nearly as 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 exciting. Uh, I understand that. So that's certainly a part of it. But I think that in addition to that, uh, we 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 have to have a sense of purpose. We have to do something that makes us want to get up in the morning and and to get involved in things. And I find that, uh, or what I did find, was that that really wasn't part of what I call phase one, the vacation phase. It was really much more egocentric. It was much more all about me. And, and I felt that was okay. I worked hard for a long time and I was ready for some me time, as I think most people are. But again, as I say, um, after a couple of years of pretty much doing what you wanted, when you wanted, if you wanted, and with whom you wanted, uh, it, it, it just, it wasn't enough. And the, what was lacking was a sense of purpose. And that kind of led me into the next phases of, of the four phases. Wonderful. So yeah, tell me, uh, what people get wrong about retirement or what they, uh, maybe the, the misconceptions that they have about it. Yeah. I know, I know for, for a lot of us, for our community, they're, they're really looking forward to that vacation mode. And, yeah. and actually one of the, the gals I used to work with, um, is down in, uh, Ecuador and, uh, she's about 15 months into vacation mode, but she was a single mom, worked very, very hard, multiple yeah. jobs for a long time. She's going to the spa and all that. Mm -hmm. And I can, I guess I'm sure it's probably a little bit elastic, right? Because I mean, some people, like if you've, you've come from that sort of perspective, maybe that vacation mode is a little bit longer. Sure. <laughs> if you've not oh. had the opportunity to enjoy life uh, yeah. in a way like that. No, absolutely. It, 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 
it is elastic, I think, depending on people's background, depending on their experiences. But I think the constant is that regardless of how long phase one lasts, it does come to an end. And we understand at some point that this is not, you know, people ask, is that all there is to retirement? After I've worked so hard and, and is this all there is? Well, for some people, I'm afraid it is, but those are not the people who are squeezing all the juice out of retirement. Those are the people who have been, I think, to some degree kind of trapped into this misconception that that vacation phase is, is what it's all about, and it simply isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it and I, I've seen it even, you know, here on this, this island. I mean, it's, it's paradise in many ways, but you know, people come down and I mean, it could be as, as short as three months. Like you start going to the bar every day and drinking margaritas and pretty soon you're an alcoholic and like, I gotta go. I mean, we've seen that yeah, happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so it could be that short of a phase of a time, but yeah. Um, yeah. if you, if you don't mind, I'd love if you give us a kind of an overview of those uh, four phases. Yeah. Well, we've talked about phase one and vacation phase, and I think that pretty much sums it up. But at the end of that period of, of time, whatever length of time it might be, most people, I estimate about 80 to 85 percent of retirees uh, enter phase two. And phase two is where we feel loss and we feel lost. And there are five significant losses that are generally associated with, with phase two. First of all, of course, we lose our routine. Uh, the thing that we were guided by for years and years and the thing that we were happy to live without for a while. But as I say, I'm convinced that we are genetically wired to need some kind of routine. And when we realize that the routine that, that guided our lives for a large number of years is gone, that can be a significant a loss. Many people uh, lose their identity because they associate their themselves and their value with the work that they do or that they did. Uh, whether it be a teacher or an accountant or a lawyer, it doesn't matter. We lose our identity to some degree. And that can be a significant loss uh, added to the loss of the, of the routine. Then we lose the Thirdly, we lose a number of the relationships that we may have established throughout our working career, some of which would have turned into good, solid friendships over a period of time. And, and all of a sudden, they are gone as, as well. Uh, for, for many people, there's a sense of purpose that comes from their, from their jobs, from their callings, uh, and it makes them want to get up in the morning. And when they lose that sense of purpose, it just adds another significant loss. And for some people, depending on their situations, uh, they may have acquired a significant amount of power, whether it be financial power, maybe over personnel, whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, those five things that are, are or were significant to us are gone. Now, we don't see them coming. We don't realize it's going to happen. And the fact that they happen all at about the same time makes us feel like, poof, we, we've been hit by a bus. And these significant things just pile up and can put us into a, a state of depression. In fact, the Mayo Clinic has indicated that their research shows that there's a, about a 40% likelihood that during retirement, we will demonstrate some aspect of clinical depression. 
it can be very, very traumatic for, for many, many people. So phase two, I find, uh, is, is the, uh, the darkest phase for many people. They've suffered all of these losses and they just frankly don't know what to do. Leads to depression, it leads to increased uh, divorce statistics at often at this time of life as well. And it's just kind of for most people that I've worked with and, and have interviewed, it's the low point of their of their of their uh, travels through retirement. Sure. And when I read that in your book, um, what immediately came to mind was kind of the phases of grief, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's like a death. It's it's yes. a it's a death of of yourself, really. Yes. Um, there, there there certainly are, uh, is is aspects of overlap um, be, yeah. between uh, between these phases and 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 um, the loss of someone significant. Now, fortunately, at some point, though, most of us. Uh, say to ourselves or to a spouse or to a significant other, uh, I can't go on like this. I don't want to spend the rest of my life feeling like this. Now, remember as well that as we live longer, there is an increased likelihood that we're going to spend longer in retirement. And many of the folks that I work with can look forward to spending up to 30 years, one one third of their life on in in retirement, and you just have to be doing something during that period of time that gets you out of phase two. So in phase three, a lot of people, most people, uh, I think, recognize that they have to do something, and they begin to think about how perhaps they can contribute once again. And they ask, kind of, what is it that's going to make me want to get up in the morning again? So phase three. Uh, is in my terms a time of trial and error, and so you begin to 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 try to do some things that you think might bring you some satisfaction, a, a sense of, of of contribution. And my recommendation in that area for people is to give some consideration to some of the things that throughout their life that they have loved to do and have done well. Those are the kinds of strengths that people can build on and perhaps apply to a different, uh, different kinds of activities. So they're kind of rewiring themselves is the phrase that I like. Take your strengths, take the things you love to do and apply them in a different situation. And it can bring a tremendous amount of satisfaction. But as I certainly discovered, and as many of my interviewees discovered, uh, there's an emphasis in phase three on on error as well, on failure. And certainly I know that there were close to a dozen initiatives that I tried before it kind of clicked. And interestingly enough, it turned out for me to be something that I love to do and have done well in the past. And I was able to rewire. So phase three, trial and error, Recognize that it's unlikely that the first thing that you try will be the thing or the things. You've got to keep at it because the option, of course, is to slip back into phase two. And that is not a pretty sight. So we have to just keep plugging away, plugging away, trying, looking, seeking, uh, trial and error. 
And well, and I, would, I, I would actually almost refer, I'm a, I'm a positive person. My glass is always half full. So I would say that's your experimentation phase, yes, right? You can experiment, another, yeah. right? Sure. And then it's also uh, what I, I kind of refer to it as, is uh, your, your rear view mirror exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Looking in the rear view mirror to see what brought you joy. Yeah. Um, in the past. Yeah. And yeah. or even, you know, I know in my case, I mean, I've overcome lots of obstacles. There's lots of people who need help with overcoming obstacles, right, mm -hmm. that we ourselves have overcome, like your work here, sure, um, sure. having been faced with this. And uh, the other thing I want to mention, the importance of that 60, basically 60 to 90 year period, right, if you take a third of your life. So if yeah, you're working yeah. for those first two thirds, and then people don't realize that last third of your life, I have one mentor who says, if you don't have a purpose, you're sending a signal to your body that it's time to leave. Yes. And it will start absolutely. to shut down. Absolutely. And, and so the, what you were talking about earlier, that health, yeah. so intertwined yes. with one another. Yes. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castillito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Is it time to go? Are you starving for adventure and new experiences? Ready to lower your living costs and upgrade your quality of life? Do you long for the freedom to live anywhere and earn in paradise? You can live a happier, healthier, and more joyful life. Don't know where to start? Join us for our free workshop to plan your overseas beta test. You'll walk away with a step-by-step -step plan to turn pie-in-the-sky dreams into your pinch me, is this real reality, and create a life you never need a vacation from. We'll help you plan and execute your perfect exit. Register at paradiseroadmap.com. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. Well, then, so as we move on to the fourth phase, uh, I estimate that perhaps 50 to 60 percent, I wish the number were higher. Um, about 50 to 60% of retirees, I believe, break through to phase four. They reinvent themselves, they rewire, and they find uh, a thing or things that, again, make them want to get up in the morning. And uh, what I've noticed is in the work that I've done, Don, that, that those people are some of the most delightful, the happiest people that I have ever met. They, they've, it's just like they've got it figured out. They're doing exactly what they want to do. 
they're making a contribution. In most cases, they're providing some sort of service to others, whether it be on a volunteer basis or perhaps on a remuneration basis, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it was interesting that there was a, um, a, a Harvard Business School study that kind of reinforced this idea. It was a longitudinal study that took place over about a 20-year period where they interviewed over 15,000 retirees. And you can imagine what kind of report it was. It was a massive report from Harvard Business School. But one of the key findings was when they said that the unhappiest retirees of all had not gone on to do anything except pleasing themselves. And I associate that that's phase one behavior. And there is a time and a place for that, but that can't be the way you live a third of your life. So finding some activity, activities, whatever it might be, just I, I found just brought a smile to people's faces. And uh, as you suggest, the research is showing that with a sense of purpose, we're quite likely to stay healthier and to live longer. Yeah. Well, and using our brains, too. I, I'm thinking um, my uh, my mother-in-law passed uh about a year ago, um, 94, long lived, but she would live by herself, uh, very unhappy uh, individual, lived mm. in Newport Beach, California, you know, nice place, um, in a good good position, but just watched the news all the time <laughs> and really thought that, that like terrorists were at her door in her apartment in Newport Beach. Mm. And then we, you know, uh, was diagnosed with dementia and just, you know, kind of got into that downward spiral. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I just was reading something last week, another study came out about dementia that was really minimizing the genetic component mm. and really talking about, keeping our brains active. It's yeah. the activity, it's the learning, all that. So this is yeah. so interconnected to our health. Yeah. And yeah. I think people don't really realize that and how, you know, that vacation mode can really be detrimental to mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. health and well-being. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having having witnessed it uh, firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the the volunteering and, and the contribution and that is um and it's, it's kind of funny what you mentioned. So, so I've broken my year uh, program down into four components. The first quarter, we talk about health. The second quarter, we talk about wealth. The third quarter is purpose and meaning. And the fourth quarter is community and cultural adaptation. And so those are, are really kind of the pillars that I look at that yeah. you need to have uh, in, in place to, yeah. um, you know, have a happy life, much less a happy retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, so, it's, I, so it, it's so nice to see that there's so much research being done that is drawing more clearly than ever before the, the, the connections that, that you, that you described, because there's, it's just, there has been, <clears throat> pardon me, there's been so little work done in this area. So there's just so much opportunity to, to learn more and uh, and to incorporate some of that new research into into your life application. Yeah, and I um, I think uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about phase two because it is such a a, a really dangerous period of time. Yeah. Um, and then I I'm sure COVID didn't help right no. with with all of that uh, that yeah. that trauma. But yeah. I can certainly see where you know the divorces happen. Um, the addictions happen and, and people are in pain. They don't know why exactly, right? They, it's like, I should be happy. And so this, 
maybe you can talk about this a little bit. The, the knowledge is power, I think, if you kind of understand what that going in, right? But we don't get a manual that says, here's what retirement's oh. gonna, I mean, your book is really the closest thing I've, I've come across is the manual. Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I, I think that's um, that's really important. So maybe you can talk about that and maybe even some of the, the folks you've interviewed and, you know, how how did they, A, how, how were they surprised when they got to that point? And B, what were um, maybe some of the, the things they did to kind of get themselves out of it? Yeah, well, uh, certainly the the um, uh, I guess the the key element that I'm hoping that I might be able to contribute to is the idea that for folks who are not yet retired, I'm hoping that my little book might provide them a bit of a heads up, kind of something uh, a framework that that can help them make more sense of it than they might have otherwise. And then for those who are already retired, to help them really to identify what phase they're in. And this is one of the interesting things that I found in my in my presentations, uh, particularly for the clients of financial advisors. And what they tell me is that after this little workshop, even they are in a much better place to to kind of slot where their clients might be on on the uh, on the spectrum and to be able to kind of uh, have conversations about that that they might never have had had before i think the key is um a sense of purpose those who don't have a sense of purpose i will just find it very difficult to move out of that that phase two um my hope is that that by understanding a the length of time that they're going to be living to be remembering the things that they love to do and have done well over the years and then the other element that i that i add in the workshop is i ask people to think of the five five big successes in their life and we then make the point that many people I, I find overlook is that the things that they love to do and do well have contributed to those successes. Oh and the same thing can apply as they approach this new phase of their life. Build on the things that you love to do, things you do well, and it can lead to future success as well. People have to be open to that, first of all, and not, and not everyone is. I mean, I, I've had a small number of people say to me, and I believe that they believe it, that they're in phase one and they're happy to be in phase one and they'll be in phase one forever. Uh, all they want is their 10 o'clock tea time and their, and their Manhattan at five in the afternoon and they're happy campers. Well, okay, you know, that may be the case for a small number of people, but not for most of us. Yes, yes. Um, and And so, do you have you found people are surprised when they get to phase two? They they really get are getting blindsided uh, by by these reactions, or, or yeah. is it more expected? Yeah. Well, we don't see these changes coming. They're all significant changes, and they all hit us almost simultaneously. So it does feel, and, and in fact, that that the the expression "hit by a bus." is one that people have or run over by a train or, you know, I didn't see that coming kind of thing. 
it is a surprise for most people because, again, they thought the ideal was playing golf, sitting on the beach, doing this and that, and then to be confronted by something so radically different and to a large degree painful is a big surprise for many people. Yeah. And um, I know you work a lot with the financial planners. Um, did they give you that sort of same feedback too, that, you know, maybe everything's good with the client and then all of a sudden they get cranky or um, no. do they see that too much? No, um, that, that hasn't come from most of those folks. It's come, it's come mostly from, from my interviews where, where, mm -hmm. where people express uh, surprise and uh, yes, surprise is the word that uh, everything seemed to change. It, it kind of turned on a dime. Everything was fine. Vacation phase was fine. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So it comes really more from the direct okay. interviews than direct than, uh, advisors. Yeah. And, and in your workshops, when you say, okay, now we're going into phase three and we're going to do this trial and error thing and, oh, it's going to involve failure. What, how do people react to that? Are they reluctant to, to do that? Are they, uh, I know, you know, in, in the United States for sure, you know, we're not, we're not taught to fail. Like failure is not a good thing. Yeah. And so a lot of folks are, are sort of, they sort of resist that. If I, you know, I don't want to try it if I'm, I'm not going to be good at it or if it's yeah. not I haven't had that expressed kind of openly. Okay. Um, I do try to point out to people that, that through my own experience, and then I, I can use the experience of, of some of the interviewees as well, that, um, well, it, you know, even to use the, the old Babe Ruth uh, statistic that, you know, the old Babe only was successful one time out of three at bat. And and so there's a very good chance that, you know, you're probably no better at what you're going to be doing than Babe was at what he was doing. So, you know, get ready for it. And I often use the term buckle up. This is <laughs> buckle up. This is what's going to happen. Be ready for it and and just kind of deal with it. I find that people are not particularly introspective. They don't. And, and it seems to me that introspection is an important part of getting to phase four. To, to even think about the things that you love to do and have done well, to think about five successes that you've enjoyed over your life. People just don't think about that unless they're kind of almost forced to, which I try to do in a pleasant way in our workshops. And we take five, 10, 15 minutes to give them a chance to kind of prime the pump in that, in that regard and then encourage people to give it some more thought as they, as they leave. And how does that usually go? Do they, do people are able people usually able to come up with five things? Do they struggle with that? What have, what have you found? Um, well, again, it, you know, there's a there's sure. a wide variety, but I would say, I mean, I I don't say ten because I think that could be a stretch for some, but uh, most people come up with four or five at least, and and some go way beyond that. Same thing when it comes to identifying strengths. Um, there tend to be maybe three, four kind of core strengths that people uh, are, are aware of and can get out pretty quickly. I don't find a lot of people with 10 or 15 strengths generally. I see. Yeah. So it's really the prompting. They just need to be prompted. It's yeah. not that they're resisting. It's just they, they, they just need to be prompted. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, 
Well, this has just been wonderful. Um, I think you're you're uh, just spot on with your work and, and really doing folks a, a service and providing this framework to kind of understand what, what happens through life. Um, I always like to, to end the interviews with this question, and that is, is there anything that you would like to share that I haven't asked you? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, Don, I think there, there is, if I may just take a moment. Um, yes. Sometimes I'm asked, well, um, who doesn't go through the four phases? I believe 80 to 85% of people do. Well, who doesn't go through phases, and uh, uh, the four phases? And my experience points out two, two groups in particular. One, entrepreneurs. People who love what they're doing and have done it forever don't want to quit. What they want to do is to throttle back on the length of time that they're spending at it. So these people, I find, don't go through phases two and three generally. They figure, well, they, for the most part, love what they're doing. They've done it forever and they're going to keep on doing it, but maybe not as intensively. That's one group. The second group that I find are able to avoid phases two and three sometimes are people who, through their working career, had developed other interests that were important to them, whether it be as a scout leader or whether it be as a musician in a local band or whatever it might, whatever it might be, these people are often in a position where they all they're going to do is spend more time doing the sorts of things that they have enjoyed doing throughout their working career. They don't seem to feel the losses quite as severely because they have kind of something else uh, to fall back on, as it were, or, or something else that gives them enjoyment. So those would be two groups, I think, that, um, and I think they represent perhaps 10% of the, of the retiring population. But those are, uh, those are questions that, some kind, that, that sometimes come up that uh, I appreciate the chance to address. Yeah, and thank you for adding that. Um, actually, as you were talking about that, I, I was thinking about myself in the first group because I'm very entrepreneurial, so is my husband. And so for us, we can't imagine. The yeah. In fact, I was really reticent to, to put the word retire in the cover of my book. I was like, no, I don't want that in the title. Yeah. Um, you know, my, uh, my belief is the soul did not come here to retire. Right. Yeah. I mean, if we're, we're living and breathing, we have service right. to, right. to render. So, so that, um, but I have gone through uh, phase three many times in business with a trial and error no, not necessarily related to, to retirement. Me too. But uh, yeah. I think that's an important point. And it also prompted this thought and that is that could help, ease the transition, right? If like, like side gigs are very, very popular, right? Yeah. People start these side gigs. So yeah. how beautiful is that as a bridge yeah. to help yeah. people retire if they can start some sort of a side gig yeah. that yeah. they're passionate about and maybe puts a little extra in their money in their pocket and then they yeah. can transition into that. Yep. Um, yep. And then same thing with the passion projects that you mentioned, the second yeah. group, right? They, yeah. they had these passion projects in addition to what they were doing in their work. Yeah. And yeah. so they just said, well, I'm going to put more focus here. More so to me, that that's those are great strategies mm -hmm. to try to implement before you, you reach that uh, retirement stage yeah. uh, or phase to, to be able to, to make the transition a little easier. So good stuff. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, again, I, I really appreciate your time and, and your uh, talents uh, on our show. And I know that you, uh, folks are just going to uh, love to, to hear this. So um, before we close out, just um, if you would let us know if folks are interested in, in following you or, or getting a copy of your book, where, where can they reach you? Uh, the website, my website, thefourphases.com is the spot for um, more information about books and all that kind of stuff, workshops that I uh, present as, uh, as well. And of course, um, uh, if they have not yet had a chance to see uh, uh, the TED Talk that, the, that you saw, uh, we're now well over 750,000 views, which we're delighted about. I think it says that we've struck a chord in many people's minds. Uh, that might be a good place to start as well. But the fourphases.com. Thank you, Don. Perfect. All right. Thank you. You have a good rest of the day. All right. Bye for now. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We also invite you to become part of our Overseas Life Redesign community on Circle, where you can join us live for these broadcasts. Visit opats.com, that's O-P-A-T-S dot com for details. Thank you for listening.